0: This is an Encore presentation from Veritas Radio. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. For those who dare to seek, Veritas is the place where they shall find. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight's special guest is researcher Melinda Leslie, Abductions and Covert Ops. Although I was already familiar with Melinda's research and experience, I had the privilege of meeting Melinda at the 2010 International UFO Congress. I also met the subject of one of her cases, Miara Isley. My original intention was to have them both on a show to discuss covert ops and military abductions since they both appeared together at a recent Coast to Coast AM episode. However, there is so much information to discuss that I deemed it more appropriate to conduct one show with each. Miara will be with us in two weeks. Next week's special guest is Cliff High to discuss the latest Shape of Things to Come report. And if you have read the latest report, you don't want to miss next week's show. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. You will receive immediate access to all our inventory of shows, the Or Forum, and the Veritas chat room. Don't wait. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com. Click on subscribe and take Veritas with you. And to those of you who want to listen to the entire show but cannot afford it, this is another reminder that from now until April the 30th, I'm giving you six months instead of three. If you are ready, willing, and are 100% capable to transcribe a show, go to the free subscription link of our website for more information. And remember, you must contact us on or before April the 30th. After that, the regular three-month offer will return. You do something for Veritas? and we will reciprocate. For updates and news, visit our website, our blog, and for more comprehensive analysis, visit our forum and interact with members around the world. And now, get ready to spend the night with someone respected in the UFO circle. She's also an experiencer. That is her biggest motivator. Although she mainly focuses on her abduction research of others, this show will also take you deep inside what happened to her, the experience, the evidence, the truth. If you think military abductions are just figments of someone's imagination, stop this audio now. If you want to know the truth, don't go anywhere. This is Schmalt Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Music you hear right here on the Very Test Show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, go over to our homepage, VeryTestShow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs in many cases right there at Jamendo.com.
1: This is Professor John Searle, and you are listening to Veritas.
0: Melinda Leslie has been public with her own abduction experiences for 20 years. Research covered ops involvement in abductions for 17 years, and interviewed over 50 abductees with this involvement. For nine years, Melinda was the director of a UFO lecture series hosting the most prominent names in ufology. In addition to her abduction work, Melinda has been a paranormal researcher for over 25 years and a founding member of the Orange County Paranormal Researchers, a group which has conducted formal investigations for nine years. Melinda has been able to recall many of her experiences consciously without the aid of hypnosis. She is what UFO researchers call a conscious abductee. While she has had virtually the entire range of UFO experiences, one of our most dramatic occurred in July 1991 while driving with two friends through the Los Angeles forest. All three experienced a two-hour-long abduction into a metallic craft piloted by Grey Type ETs. And directly from Southern California, Melinda Leslie. Hello, Melinda. Welcome to Veritas. How are you?
1: Good, good. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. And just so that the audience knows, Belinda, you and, you and Niara Isley, another abductee, were together on Coast to Coast AM recently. Yeah. However, I think it's important to explore your cases individually. Niara will be with us in the next few weeks. And uh, you are here today, so each one of you will have your own show, because what you have to say warrants your own show. Melinda, I usually never have the privilege of meeting any of my guests prior to interviewing them, but I I did have that privilege with you, and we spent some time at the International UFO Congress, where I was able to conduct a short but thorough interview with you. But as we usually do on this show, let's explore your background, take us back all the way back to your childhood, where you grew up, and when did everything changed for you.
1: Oh, goodness. That's a long story, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Uh I grew up in Southern California. Uh in Palos Verdes to be exact, which is uh uh I where I was, well, I was born in Santa Monica, but uh, as a child, you know, you know I was born in Santa Monica, we lived in Palos Verdes. And uh and I been oh, all the way through high school in Pels Verdes, and we moved to Irvine, California. And I'm still in Southern California. I'm in I'll go ahead and say I'm in Newport Beach. I don't mind people knowing. And uh and you know, so I've always kind of been a a SoCal girl. <laughs> and uh, let me see. I you know, I had a fairly normal childhood, um except for I was having unusual experiences that I wasn't aware I was having. Um it all changed, so I'm jumping ahead quite, quite a bit here, to um, when I was approximately, oh, I think I was 28, 29 years old, um, and uh, a, a friend of mine was listening to a radio program called Billy Goodman's The Happening, which was broadcast out of, uh, outside of Las Vegas, Nevada at the time. And it was kind of, you know, if I say it was, you know, Art Bell before Art Bell, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Sure. And uh, and, uh, and he actually was mostly a, a, a political program and just started to get into some paranormal subjects. And um, a friend of mine got turned on to it because she was into Native American stuff. They were having a bunch of Native, Mer- Native American guests, and someone she worked with turned her on to it. And suddenly they stopped having the Native American thing and suddenly um, had what was breaking at the time was the Bob Lazar story from Area 51 and S4 and the story of Bob Lazar. Uh, and and uh, at the time, uh, Bob had told his real estate buddy, Gene Huff. Gene Huff had told his friend who he knew had an interest in the subject, John Lear, Sure. John Lear told his friend Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper was going on this radio program talking about the fact that Lazar was taking um, himself and John Lear and Gene Huff. I think he took Gene and John first, or maybe just took Gene and then took Gene and John and then took Cooper as well, but anyways, out to see the test flights.
0: Bill Cooper, you mean William Cooper, William the Cooper. deceased yeah. William Cooper, yeah. yes, okay. Who
1: at the time was very good friends with John Lear, and John had told Bill, and Bill had gone on this radio program. Then Bill got John on the radio program, and this was all happening over about a, a two-week period. And, and this friend of mine who had been listening to this radio program talk about Native American stuff is suddenly hearing this other thing, and calls me and tells me she thought I might have an interest. Truth is, I didn't really have an interest in the UFO thing but she said you got kind of to hear this this is really unusual and 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 my interest prior to that was only from kind of a new age aspect you know and uh y- you know space beings as 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 you know um, um as conscious beings that are bringing information and you know that kind of thing like channel spiritual you know that kind of thing very spiritual angle of it exactly yeah. And I really didn't have an interest. I kind of had a negative interest. But she told me about this, and I started listening. It was very interesting. Well, her and I would also take trips out to Sedona, Arizona with other friends, but, you know, two sometimes, over the years, and some other places. And we'd gone up to Yosemite and a bunch of things. And, and we were overdue for one of our trips, like a camping trip. And and people were saying they were going to go out there and see these test flights. And she, she called me and said, hey, why don't we – go out there we've been talking about taking a camping trip we keep talking about it a lot lately and she said why don't we go do this and that was like on a thursday <laughs> and people were going to meet out there on a saturday and next thing i know it's saturday and we're driving out through vegas and out to the town of Rachel Nevada and you know out to the area and it it was you know and it was the whatever it was you know Rachel Barn Grill was still called Rachel Barn Grill not the little alien yet anyways so we went out there and we had a bunch of sightings and the the radio station had arranged for two busloads of people to go out when we got out there those two busloads of people were just leaving when i say out there i mean the black mailbox mailbox road the Medlin ranch outside of area 51 along highway 375 now called the Extraterrestrial Highway. Right. Uh, at the time, of course, it wasn't. But, it, you know, that was just a rather recent thing in within the, within the last 10 years, for sure. Um, I guess maybe, what, 2001 or so when when the movie got made and they changed the name. But anyway, so... Um, but now... Uh, anyway, so we go out there. We had a bunch of things. And that unlocks something in my belief system where suddenly it was like, okay, I'm not just seeing one... Craft. I'm seeing multiple things. I'm seeing things that absolutely defied physics. I'm seeing these glowing objects come up from behind the hills, uh, go up at weird zigzag patterns, suddenly come to a stop, and then shoot straight up like a shooting star going straight up. And then I saw things coming. There was a cloud coverage that night. It ended up raining in the morning, but it hadn't rained yet, but it built to this very heavy cloud coverage at about 12,000 feet. We saw these glowing objects dropping out of the clouds, like illuminating the clouds as they dropped out of them. They would come below the clouds, hover, and then all of a sudden do a falling leaf pattern or zigzag at sharp angles down to the base. And now I know things, you know, can't fly like, zigzag, like, shoot really fast, stop on a dime, and then turn, you know. Right. And so I was seeing stuff that defied what I understood even our most advanced, you know, capabilities to be and defied physics as I knew it. And, uh, and it was really mind-blowing, to say the least. And, uh, and so I, not only did I say, oh, my God, they exist. They're flying in and out of a known government base, a known military base. So I'm like, okay, the government knows about it. They, first they exist Secondly the government knows about And secondly the, the, the government denies this So they're lying And those were like three major belief systems Like just absolutely turned on their head You know at that moment and, uh, and it was so exciting We went out two weeks later And I live in Southern California So we're making a trip all the way from Southern California And from here it's about a roughly Five hour drive to Vegas And it's about another two and a half hours Past Vegas so, you know, you're talking easily six, well, easily a seven-hour drive, if not eight, you know, seven or eight-hour drive total. So we, we were going all the way out there, and we went again, like I said, two weeks later. And uh, and then we went out um, again about a month after that. So basically, in a two-month period, we had had three trips out there. And I think the first time was only for one night. The next time was for, like, or three nights, and the last time was for a couple of nights. And um, and each time we went out, we were having sightings and uh, of varying degrees. And one time, a gentleman had a large, very high-powered telescope, and we saw this object come up with that was glowing orange. And it came up and, and shot out from behind the, you know, where the base is from behind the hills, and came up over us, and arced kind of over us. And we, we were looking at it through this telescope, and when you saw it through the telescope, you could see that this was a round object with little orange lights around it. And what looked to the naked eye like just a single orange glow actually was individual little lights in a circle. And uh, and this thing came up and arced over us, went Kind of over there's mountains. Then we're behind us on the other side. 375. We had our back to the highway, but in that direction. And then so you turned around, and then it stopped, and then it shot straight up. And it, you know that night there were probably oh, I don't know, at least 50, maybe 100 people out there. You know who saw that that night. But anyway, so
0: and, and this is with your naked eye. This, this is without using yeah, infrared
1: with with the naked eye. And and like I said, it it now it turned out, and all of this reminded me that I had actually had a sighting that the time I was certain of and had kind of conveniently forgotten about or gone into denial about, um, in 87 in Sedona, Arizona, over the you know infamous Harmonic Convergence, I was one of those people in Sedona, Arizona with thousands of others over the Harmonic Convergence, hundreds of thousands, maybe. I don't know how many people were out there. A hell of a lot. And, and, um, and we were at someone's home one day, long story short, and someone had received like a what they said was like a telepathic message that if we went outside right away we were doing like a group meditation and someone said if we go outside we're going to have a sighting and we went outside and we're all like yeah yeah right you know but we all went out poured into the driveway and the street of this house and sure enough we saw what now i don't know if it was one object with three lights but we think it was three separate objects there were three orange lights in a triangle that were moving around in the sky very erratic and we watched them for a couple of minutes and then they just shot off really fast. And and they were three orange lights in a triangle formation. Now I remember seeing blue sky between them. So I don't think it was a solid object. It may have been, but I don't think so because I remember that we it was, you know, clear blue sky and we were seeing blue sky between them. So they but they were no matter how they flew in this erratic pattern, they kept the exact formation, you know. And uh and I had seen that in eighty seven. But that didn't you know, I guess, given the state of mind and what I was doing as Sedona, it was, like, expected. It was exciting, but it was expected. For some reason, seeing these things fly in and out of, of a very 51 and, and, or or S4 or whatever, but, you know, in the, that area, the Groom Lake sure. area... To see them come up and to see them come in and out of that base, and there were also the, the white Broncos security cars driving by us all the time, going back and forth on the hills with binoculars. You could see them. And then there were helicopters in the air. So here's the white Broncos, here's helicopters flying around, and then here's these other things moving from, you know, up above the clouds, dropping below them, and you know, et cetera. And, and then, like I said, all three times we had, we had sightings out there, and it just unlocked something not only in my belief system, where my belief system changed overnight, but it unlocked something in my memory. And I started to have dreams at night of being a, uh, a little kid. My grandmother had a house in Yucca Valley, California. And I'll just refresh people's memories. Now, this was in the early 60s, but in the 50s, Yucca Valley was very famous for the whole contactee movement and giant rock and you know all that stuff. And But my grandmother wasn't into that at all. In fact, she was kind of negative about it. Um, but in the 60s, when I was little and stuff, we'd go out to her place in Yucca Valley, and I apparently was having abductions from there as a child. Um, but here it was something about, like I said, those having all these sightings over these, this two-month period unlocked something in my mind where I started to remember childhood experiences. And then I also was having dreams of childhood experiences. You know, so I, in my sleep at night, I was having dreams of childhood experiences. And then in early 90, I became aware that I was having current, present time experiences. Actually, I guess late 89. This was, uh, I guess all this started, at, this was August of 89 was the first time we went out there. I think was the, actually, I think it was the very last weekend in August of 1989 was our first time out there. And, and then, and then over a two month period, like I said, we had gone out there through, through September and October, we went out there another two times. And, uh, anyway, so, you know, I had these sightings, it was like inserting a key and turning it. And all of a sudden I had these dreams and these memories start to happen. Quite frankly, I, I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't think it was abduction. I just said, oh, this is crazy. You know, I'm having sightings and it's making me think all this stuff, you know, and, um, I ended up meeting a researcher telling him he recommended a hypnosis.
2: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com because you don't want to believe, you want to know.